From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. J.R., a lot of fallout last week in Wisconsin in response to -to back-to-back mass shootings that occurred in Texas and Ohio. Democratic Governor Tony Evers called on the Republican-controlled state legislature to pass universal background checks and a measure making it easier to remove guns from people believed to be a danger to themselves or others, also known as red flag laws. Republicans have opposed these measures in the past. Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald says any new proposals will be discussed in closed caucus this fall. So what are the chances of the legislature taking action on these proposals? You know, I get the impression that a lot of folks from the state capitol are kind of waiting to see what comes out of the federal government first. The reason I say that is, you know, Republicans have been resistant to various proposals that have floated in the past, in part because they've questioned if it would have any impact on uh, the shootings that we've seen around this country in the last few years. But if President Trump were to indicate clearly what he supports, that might, you know, help prompt some action out of Congress. Um, and the reason I say we're waiting to see what Congress does, because I'm just not seeing a big uh, move just yet by Republican lawmakers to do anything. Now, it's kind of hard to get a good feel of where the caucuses are at this point, because it's we're in like this kind of very quiet fear in the Capitol and the caucuses are, a lot of members are back home. So there's not a really good opportunity for the leadership to get a, a good, take the temperature kind of thing of where their members are and figure out where stuff is at. But in the past, we've seen kind of a cycle repeat itself where there's a big event, there are calls for action, there's a pushback and whether that the actions proposed would have had any impact and then things kind of dissipate. I don't have a good feel just yet if this is any different from those past ones, but We've seen this pattern before and it hasn't really produced a whole lot. Um, and even though we're background checks, if you look at the Marquette University Law School poll, they've been quite popular. I haven't really seen a big thirst from Republicans to take that up. Um, and for red flag laws, you know, Robin Voss, the Speaker of the Assembly, has kind of raised concerns about those. So I don't just yet have a good feel if there's really going to be a difference this time around. But history, history suggests not likely. Meanwhile, President Trump called for expanded background checks and a federal red flag law. Republican Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson questioned the effectiveness of such laws. Might his hesitancy backfire on him? Uh, well, he's not, a, he, as far as we know, he's not playing a secret election to the U.S. Senate. He's still going to serve two terms. He has talked about possibly running for governor in 2022, maybe running for U.S. Senate again, despite his past pledge, because as he's pointed out, he's the the last man standing for statewide elected Republicans. So maybe, but the GOP base, I mean, I don't know that gets you in trouble with the GOP base right now because that's where all those folks are. And, you know, with background checks, yes, it's popular, but I haven't seen or can't really tell you for sure that it would really hurt Ron Johnson as a driving issue. Now, maybe, you know, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is we don't know his political future right now. So I can't tell you when he or, or if he even would face the voters again and have this become an issue for him. 
Also last week, Democratic lawmakers introduced bills that would eliminate the statute of limitations on child sexual assault lawsuits and force clergy members to report allegations of child sexual assault that they learn about in confidential conversations. Currently, those revelations may be kept secret, and children who are sexually assaulted have until age 35 to file a civil action. Similar bills on the statute of limitations have failed in past sessions. So are these bills going anywhere? No, not that I get the sense right now. This issue has percolated for a while in the Capitol. I haven't seen previous versions move. Um, you know, there are some concerns from folks, for example, requiring the clergy to be mandatory reporters. You know, there might be some First Amendment issues there that could be a problem for that bill. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't say that for sure. Um, but when this issue's kind of come up before, I haven't seen a huge movement, again, because in that quiet time, I'm not sure where the caucuses are at just yet on this proposal, but I just, uh, it's been around for a while, and I haven't seen much movement in the last dozen years. I'm not sure that this is going to be different this time around. In another development, Democratic state lawmakers last week said they would try again to expand Medicaid. They plan to introduce a standalone bill that would expand Medicaid eligibility to cover 82,000 more people and accept additional federal funding under the Affordable Care Act. Republicans dropped this item from Governor Evers' budget proposal, and Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss in the past has called this idea a massive welfare expansion. Has anything changed, and what are the chances of the of the legislature approving this? No, nothing has changed, and GOP lawmakers are not going to take this up. I mean, Robin Voss has drawn a line in the sand, and even if he had a majority of his caucus that was interested in a bill like this, he has personally staked a position that's not going to happen, so it's hard to see him going back on that. Now, what Democrats are trying to do is to keep the pressure up on Republicans about this issue. The question I've kind of had to people is, how successful a tactic might be because and you go back and look like last year's elections, healthcare became a big issue, but it was not about the Medicaid expansion is more about protections for those with preexisting conditions came a huge issue. And they were to, Democrats were to tie it to people like Scott Walker and Brad Schimmel because they were participating in a lawsuit seeking to overturn full care act, which provided those protections um, that became a potent issue, but Democrats have kind of running as Republicans on the, Medicaid expansion in the past and really haven't been able to turn that into a, yes, it's a popular issue with the public, but it's not a defining one at the ballot box. Um, So I don't know if this is going to change next year. Now, what you have to watch is there's currently a federal appeals court that's looking at a multi-state lawsuit trying to overturn the Affordable Care Act. If that were to happen, it could create a very interesting environment when it comes to health care for 2020. I mean, you could then marry what's happening there with this issue to make one effective arguments against Republicans, possibly. But I just don't know that it's a defining issue by itself that's going to turn races because, remember, a lot of Republicans in the legislature represent districts that aren't really swingy. They're, they're fairly Republican, and this issue has not resonated to the point where it's really caused a threat to them in the past. So unless something changes, I don't know if it's a, de- a defining issue for 2020. And finally, one of Governor Evers' most controversial cabinet secretary picks has won approval from a committee, but still has to be confirmed by the full Senate. The Senate Transportation Committee last week voted unanimously to approve Craig Thompson as transportation secretary. Some Republicans have voiced opposition to Thompson because he used to head a transportation lobbying group. 
What do you think the full Senate will do? I have questions about whether the nomination will ever get to the Senate floor, and this is why. Uh, typically, um, leaders of the Senate and the majority caucus don't go to the floor on a bill unless they have the 17 votes needed to pass it from their own caucus. And the reason that is you try to avoid needing minority party votes because you're embolden minority to make demands. Now, this is a little bit different because it's a confirmation vote. But with Craig Thompson, if you put him on the floor of the Senate tomorrow, you'd have 14 Democratic votes right away. They would support him, end of story. You had two Republicans vote yes in committee. That gets you to 16. It is believed that Craig Thompson would easily win confirmation for a full Senate vote if he's put on the floor. The issue is we have so far one Republican senator said he would oppose Thompson. One, another, raised serious concerns. That drops you down to a maximum of 17 Republican votes. Typically, again, not always, but typically, uh, Scott Fitzgerald earlier doesn't want to take something to the floor if he can't pass it with 17 votes from his own caucus. Even if it's a, you know, 29 to 3 vote, if you're so short of those three Republicans, you're short of the 17 Republicans, it's an issue for him. So watch that. You know, will he take it to the floor if he needs minority party votes to pass it? Two, um, what could just as likely happen is Craig Thompson continues to serve without a confirmation vote. There's nothing that says he can't do that. He's still getting paid. He still has the same authority. You know, he's just not confirmed. It's entirely possible that he just kind of continue as is with him serving as, sec as secretary without a confirmation vote. And there's kind of a couple other things interesting about this nomination. Uh, one, if you're a Republican and you don't like Craig Thompson because he worked for this, you know, road building group, you know, who do you think Evers would nominate to replace him if Thompson were rejected? It would possibly be somebody who was a little more partisan. Thompson's been around the Capitol for a long time, worked with both parties, known as a fairly uh, well-liked guy. So I don't know you'd get somebody for a Republican who you'd find more appealing than Craig Thompson if you rejected him. What's more, it's interesting is that, you know, politically, you have a situation where a couple of Republicans are now kind of going back and forth, several senators going back and forth about this, where Steve Noss um, objected because Jerry Petrosky, chair of the Transportation Committee, kind of objected to the to what he called sniping in this environment. And Noss fired back, not only Noss, but one of Noss's aides took shots at Jerry Petrosky. That kind of underscores some of the tension in that caucus. And it's a little bit of a tenuous situation. You also have with Evers administration, you know, looking at the full cabinet, nobody's been confirmed yet by the state Senate. Um, there have been, I think, half dozen or so, half dozen, eight, nine, something like that, who have received committee votes. But I'm not sure at this point when Fitzgerald's going to move on any of these, if at all. Um, there was also this whole situation where Republican senators were unhappy with how Governor Evers operated when two Dane County judges struck down actions from the lame duck session in December, including number of appointments that Scott Walker had made and that were confirmed during that session. So there was some pushback and suggestion then that Republicans might use these nominations uh, as a way kind of retribution. So there are all kinds of like layers to the story about these cabinet picks. And right now, it's not clear if Fitzgerald will bring back any of them to the floor this fall during the floor period. He said at least week that he was going to have his caucus meet later on to determine the fall session agenda. And we're talking a bit about confirmation votes, but right now there's no guarantee for anybody. And we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Would that be unprecedented for a governor to go the entire four years and their cabinet secretaries just weren't confirmed? I've never looked at that issue to know if that's ever happened before for a single one, let alone all of them. I mean, 
it's likely that several will get confirmed. I mean, I, I think there are a number of picks of the cabinet who have not raised any objections. I mean, Mary Kolar was also uh, a unanimous vote out of committee. She is a, a pick to head Veterans Affairs. So, but it's really been kind of focused on Craig Thompson at Transportation, Don Krim at the Department of State Professional Services because of a case some 10, 12 years ago with her son where she poked him in the hand with a pencil, and there was a case about that. Uh, Andrea Palm at DHS Health Services because Evers also appointed somebody who's worked for Planned Parenthood to a fairly high position in the agency. There's some blowback about that. But again, with her, you know, if you rejected her nomination, who do you think he was a pick to replace her? Probably somebody in line with the same thing. You're not going to change that pick for that position in the cabinet of the other person. So there are only a handful of cabinet picks that really got a lot of blowback. Um, it's just those controversial ones have gotten a lot of the attention. I think most, most of those picks from the floor tomorrow, they get confirmed. In fact, possibly all of them. But it's just a question of whether Fitz will take, how many he'll take to the floor, when he might do it, and that kind of stuff. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.